Hey everybody! I said that weird, but we're gonna roll with it. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We are your host. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And it is, as this is coming out and airing, it is the first week of Spooky Month, our favorite month, my forever and always favorite month. My front yard's already decorated. Yeah, my house is, my bedroom, a little bit of the living room, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward really, really badly to this cooler weather. I wore a sweater the other day, and it was fantastic. I have like a mock turtleneck on right now. Today. She has like a like a turtleneck that's sh- a little yeah, jumper short sleeve with a jumper dress. She looks very fall. She's very much giving fall vibes, like feminine Dwayne Johnson. but in a good way uh you had to have watched the last Last twitch stream stream to get that reference um but we're also going to be celebrating one whole year of bayou chronicles this month if you guys don't know or don't follow us on other stuff we also just got um tattoos to celebrate our one year i got ringo the beetle yes i named him and i got oh i'm hitting the camera i got this little giant monstera plant yes we didn't get to choose what we got which was was also fun it was a get what you get and we actually switched so we did me and crystal said because you could pay twenty dollars to like uh get another one out of the machine but me and crystal said we were like we are gonna get whatever comes out of the machine and i ended up with this cute little beetle i love it and we ended up naming him like halfway through my tattoo crystal's like we gotta name him and i said beetlejuice which she said was kind of too like literal yeah and i was like okay like a beetle the Beatles, so I was like, I'm going to name him Ringo. Ringo. We love it. We love it. Um, we're also looking forward to sharing this one-year experience with all of our followers, everyone that's been loyal and stuck around and given us episode, um, I guess, help, I guess what you would call yeah. it. Um, the best way to describe it. So we owe it all to you. You guys are great. Um our listeners, our supporters, but most importantly, our friends and family. You guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, do want to let everyone know we do have a Twitch stream coming up, a live Twitch stream episode on the 24th. Yes. Is that correct? 24th of this month. That is like three Sunday. su- three Sundays away, I believe. Yes. yes. Math is there. Math yes. is hard. Math works. 24th, 8 p.m. Central, we will be talking about Ouija, Ouija boards. boards. So if you have a crazy story about a Ouija board, mm-hmm. please send it us our way. We definitely want to um, give you guys a shout out. Yeah. Also, if you didn't catch it already, this episode is going to be live streamed. The episode you're currently listening to, if you're listening on any of your podcasting apps, we are live streaming this episode right now over on Twitch, Twitch, just as like a little added bonus for some of our fans to listen to a little bit early. It was actually requested that we start doing yes. this, and um, I will more than likely try my hardest to get this uploaded to our YouTube channel tonight. <laughs> Processing takes forever, guys. I don't think mm-hmm. people realize that. But, yeah, it'll be up there. Yeah, so um, if you want to hear the Twitch streams a little bit early, definitely I would definitely follow us over on Twitch, and you can listen to the episodes about a week or so earlier than they typically would drop for everybody Mm -hmm. else. Um, So you definitely have that availability. And if you are watching on Twitch right now and we're not super interactive with you, it's because we're recording. But if you want to hang out after the episode, we Mm -hmm. will just kind of be answering any questions that you guys have. 
Um, other than that, you know our you know our socials. If you're not following us on them already, that's your bad. You can look at it in the show notes. If you're on Twitch, it's at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. Go follow us. But we're pretty heckin' cool. Yeah. So if you're not following us on socials, you're missing yeah. out. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So we're going to jump into today's episode because Bethany wrote a legitimate book about I, it. I'm just kidding. That's a, gr- that's a very it's big It's a Harry Potter book. It's a Harry, not like... It's like Deathly Hallows. It's, n- it's not Deathly <sighs> Hallows. Like, that's big at... I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a big book. <laughs> Try hey, to I'm keep not- it PG. That's a big book. That's a big heck of a book. We're going to um, keep it PG until, um, yes. what is it, November week two when yes. your husband's on the episode. Yes. And I'm pretty we're, sure we're going to lose yeah. that PG status. Yeah, sorry. I try really, really hard not to say potty words on the podcast. But <laughs> it's a big heckin' book that I wrote today. Um, it's not Deadly Hollows. It's, it's like it's like Sorcerer's Stone-ish. Yeah. That's pretty tame. But yeah. Basically, it's about the size of a like a paper that you would write right. in your last year of yeah. college, and it's yeah, pretty tame. Yeah, I wrote some big papers. I know Crystal did too. Yeah. But anyways, let's get into it. Um, today's episode is going to be one to make you think about kinks, and we all have one. And if you say you don't, you're probably lying to me, and you're probably lying to yourself, and you should probably have that talk with yourself. But um, <laughs> you might have several. And this is a judgment-free zone. You know, me and Crystal, we are a safe place. We talk about, we literally talked about a person that uh, cut off somebody's butthole. So, and ate it. And ate it. So we, <laughs> no, I'm the one she who did. included that information. I'm still traumatized. I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm still traumatized. But, and that's like one of our biggest I know everyone loves right that episode. Now. I don't under, I, mean, I understand why, but I don't understand why. It's only been out like what, maybe a month? month and a half. And it has maybe? almost. It has almost literally 200 downloads right now. Like, it is popping off. But anyways, this is judgment-free zone, so we're going to be talking about all kinds of kinks and weird things. And it's not us judging. It's just sometimes a kink can push you too far. And this one just happens to lead to murder. Bum, bum, bum. Like, dramatic music. But, yeah. We're going to talk about the shoe fetish slayer or the lust killer. He goes by two names. He will also be referred to as the Salem killer. I don't know why the media is so fixated on putting so many different names and titles on people that are killing people. But we're talking about the shoe fetish slayer, Jerry Brudos. Let's just, let's go on this journey together, you guys. Just get you some popcorn, get you some whatever you need because you're doing your grocery shopping today i'm so sorry because we're going to talk about some pretty stuff but let's let's go let's talk about jerry himself let's set the mood um you guys know that me and crystal normally don't like to talk about the killer a lot we we mainly like to talk about the victims as much as possible but i mean y'all when i was doing my research for this episode and I'll be honest, I, I did research for this case for, like, almost a month. Um, and there was just so much. And I will say, Jerry, he had a pretty tough tough start to life. And I know a lot of people, like, normally are like, that's not an excuse. I'm not. We're not, we're not going there, people. We're, I'm not saying that. Um, but Jerry does have, it's rough. And it makes you wonder, and I even texted Crystal when I was doing research for this, and I was like, 
if if just a few things had happened differently in this dude's life, maybe it, you know, it would have been different. But anyways, it is what it is. But Jerry Brutus was born January 31st, 1939 in Webster, South Dakota. I personally never heard of that town. Webster? And I yeah. had, I had um, literally... No idea that that was a town in South Dakota, so I apologize. If I've never even been South, to South if Dakota. If you're a South Dakotian, is that what you would call yourself? South Dakotian. I don't know. I like it. Anyways, Jerry was the second born son. His mother was, I mean, she desperately was hoping for a girl throughout her entire pregnancy. Like, she was even referring to the baby as a girl. It's she this and she that. And she was planning and buying things for a girl. She already had a son. She had a, her firstborn was a son and he was a few years older. And, um, yeah, you you have to remember, this was the 30s. He was born in 1939. There wasn't high-tech technology like there is today. You can pick the sex of your baby nowadays. You can. You can literally go in and take out your eggs. I 100% would be the person that paid for that, too. I think it starts at, like, $50,000. Yeah, And they take your eggs out or something, and they can do some kind of test to... I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. But, I mean, even some some women can go and have a blood test, like, when they're, like, eight, eight weeks eight weeks old, and it'll tell you if it's a girl or a boy. Um, but when Eileen, that was Jerry's um, mom's Come name. Come on, Eileen. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Anyways, when Eileen gave birth to her second son, she was heartbroken. I mean, I can imagine. I can, too. She did it to herself. But she went to the extreme. Like, she didn't really want to Did she dress him up as a girl? We're getting there. We're oh, getting God. There. It's, it's, it's a, it's a real same thing. It's a real same I mean, thing. I'm here for the not, you know, putting gender roles on infants. Yes. Like, and child, I get that. Yes, but so man. we're about to, oh, we're about to get in there. I wrote a whole page about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> whole page. Um, I mean, I connected with Eileen a little bit, not to the extreme, because she goes to the extreme, because, like, I knew Alex was a boy when I was pregnant with him. Like, I just knew, and I was kind of like, oh, it, maybe it'll be a girl, but I knew he was a boy. But when I was pregnant with Wait, Joe, did you not find out what you had until you had him? No, I did. I well, oh. I was like halfway through my, I was like 22 weeks. Oh, okay. It was a little bit later. I literally only found out because I was high risk and they kept doing a bunch of ultrasounds oh. and they're like, oop, there's that body There's a little pee pee. Yeah, it's a turtle or whatever thing they say. Um, but yeah, I was like fully convinced Joe was a girl. Like I was saying, I was like her, I was like, it, she's, what's this today? And blah, blah, blah. And I even bought like some dresses. That Wait, did you name her? Yes. Oh, see, that would make me heartbroken. Yes. I was going to name him Phoebe. Oh, yeah, you told me that because yes. I absolutely love that name. Yes, because Phoebe. Charmed. If you know me, Charmed was, like, one of my favorite shows growing up. I don't like the reboot, but... I refuse to watch it. Anyways, I wanted to name my son Phoebe, but he is a... He's a Joseph. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't... Yeah. yeah. We went from Phoebe to Joseph. Anyways, the difference between me and Eileen is when Jerry was born, she just kind of forced them this upon him that she already had a son and she didn't need another one. And that was kind of the mentality. Okay. You can't do that, folks. You can't just have a kid and be like, meh, don't want you. I mean, you would think it would have been easier because she'd have been like, well, at least I know what a boy's like. 
I don't know, but it was, she was very cold towards Cherry, like, even as an infant, like, as a baby, she was cold towards her baby. That's so sad. Didn't want to love him as much, didn't want to hold him as much, didn't really play with him as much, and it was... Was it a little bit of PPD, or... I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but she was just really cold towards him, and she was literally treating him polar opposite to his older brother, Larry. Um, that oh rhymes. God. I know. Jerry Larry. Like, I don't know if she thought that through. But I don't know, but... My... That's why I messaged Crystal. Can you Crystal. just imagine, though, a child, a baby, like mm-hmm. an infant baby mm-hmm. named Larry? Living like Larry. That's all I think is SpongeBob, is the lobster. Is the, I'm sorry if your name's Larry. But, like, I just can't imagine looking at a little baby and going, Oh, look at little Larry. Yeah. Yeah, because I call it, like, when Joe was born, I called him Jojo. And that's cute. That's cute for a baby. Yeah, Jojo. We still call him Jojo. We call call him Jojo. Which is funny because it's what Joanna wants to be called, too. So everybody calls her Jojo. My my Alex calls him Joey, though. I don't know know why. It's so cute when he calls calls him him Joey. Joey. But anyway. I love it when he does. Anyways. He's, um, he's like, Mama, Joey Joey is just sitting on the couch. He's such a tattletale. <laughs> Anyways, this is the point where I'm, I messaged Crystal because I was like, this mom is awful. I mean, he's a killer. I mean, we're not there yet. But I was like, me and, me and Crystal were both fortunate to know the love of a good mom. Yeah. We had great moms. I have still a great mom. Crystal had an amazing mom. But it was just really tearing me up that here's this little this little young. At this point, guys, like, Jerry's still young. He hasn't even broke, like, five yet that we're talking about right here. And his mom is basically, like, keeping him, I don't know, like, in the shadow. And keeping mean, him at an not arm's really, length. Not really feeding him, not really loving him, not really doing a lot. And it, it was just... I don't know. And when Jerry got a little bit older, so basically like kindergarten, first grade, when he wasn't at school, he spent a lot of time alone. Uh, Basically, he would just wander around outside. Um, He would describe in an interview later on that the outside felt more welcoming than the inside of his own home. That's horrible. That's really sad for a five-year-old to think. Yeah. Um, But... mm. It's sad. And one afternoon, he ventured out to the local junkyard. Um, from the research, the, the way he described it, it was like three streets down from his house was just this random junkyard. Okay, that sounds normal. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, when he gets home, so he basically goes, he goes to the junkyard. That's like his hangout spot, and he's just vibing around there. And he finds a box of high heels, which... Wait, he just find a box okay, of high heels. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Because when I was doing my research, I was like, I'm thinking cars, broke down cars. But in a junkyard, that's just a rain. Beat up car parts, rusty pipes, copper wire, like the typical junkyard stuff. No, he finds this box of heels, and he instantly falls in love with them. He had never seen them before. His mom didn't wear high heels. She was very conservative. Um, but I don't. I didn't understand that comment because conservative women wear high heels. Yeah. But moving on. Moving on. Um, and they had rhin. They were red. Let's set the mood here. 
they were not like red bottoms, not like Louis Vuittons. They were red all over high heels, and they had rhinestones all over them. I mean, I kind of like them. I like the, yeah, I'm picturing them, but in a junkyard? And they That's were very like, strange. And they were like almost new. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but a junkyard is where you put like old cars and old like stuff like yes, that, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, not a garbage dump. That's what you would think maybe you would find. Okay. But, yeah, he finds, he's like, he's like five. He's like five. Which, first off, why is... Why was your five-year-old just wandering three streets away from your house? Anyway, so he is Mm, enthralled. That stresses me out. He's enthralled with these high heels. And he takes the box with high heels. And he waddles himself home because, remember, he's five years old. He's so cute. And he gets back to his home. And he, like, doesn't think anything of it. And when Mm. he walks in the front door, his mom freaks out she's like what's in that box and he's like it's shoes because he just thought they were shoes and she she just freaked out and i mean like would she rather him like bring drugs or like a dangerous I, animal i mean it's shoes it's shoes like i i I'm still know. questioning your parenting choices for your child wandering the streets at five but that's just me. but yeah she starts yelling at him and just calling him all kinds of stuff and she's like you gotta take those shoes back to the junkyard walk back go to the junkyard and put them back and come back home and he was devastated he was crushed he didn't know what to really think um but he was sneaky he's five years old all five-year-olds are sneaky i have a six-year-old and yes they're sneaky they could probably rob a bank but he goes outside and, like, pretends that he went to the junkyard, and then he goes back inside and goes upstairs to his bedroom. Um, I mean, it's not really that hard to sneak something up into your room when your mom doesn't really pay attention to you unless she's yelling at you because he has a dad, but dad's kind of, like, not really... Dad's making the money and leaving everybody else alone kind barely. of thing. Barely. Dad's, oh, okay. Dad's barely working. Dad's barely working. He's more of getting drunk and getting fired and just kind of off doing his own oh, thing. Oh, okay. Great so human being. mom. And Great mom's, being. mom's awful. So, huh. poor, Just, just yeah. surrounded by fantastic parentals. Anyways, Jerry got away with this for a few weeks, kind of stashed in the heels, and he would try them on. So, think of a cute little five-year-old just kind of trying on heels and it was like a cute little fashion show moment. He's kind of discovering himself because he's still young. I mean, he's five years old. He kids don't know. Yeah, kids don't know. At five years old, red high heels have not been associated with women yet. No, he just thinks they're, ooh, they're shiny. They're he's shiny fine. shoes. They're shiny. They're cool. I like these. They make me a little bit taller. And one afternoon, Eileen barges in and sees him wearing the heels. Oh, God. Literally. Parents, if you ever walk in on your child... Mm-hmm. It may be a boy, and he is in red shoe, high-heeled shoes. How you respond in the first couple of seconds, seconds will is, stick with them for the rest of their life. Yes. Yeah. And literally, when I was writing this, like, literally right here in my notes, I was like, this would not have bothered me at all. I would be oh, like, no. oh, what are you doing, bud? Those are nice. I probably would have been like, maybe let's take them off so we don't hurt ourselves. Because that's just me being a helicopter mom. But I literally, I don't know. Whereas Crystal would have been like, ooh, 
Ooh, yeah, dude. I, I like those. those. But I feel like I'm a very rare breed of mom, and I feel like Crystal's a very rare breed of person. Even though my kids call her mommy number two, they call her mommy Crystal. And I get called mom every time I take Kansas yeah. or Cannon to a doctor's appointment. Yeah. But anyways, but I mean, we also had moms that let us, I don't know, kind of be ourselves. Yeah, my mom very, never really let me... Yeah, like, tell was, me what I was doing was wrong. But, I mean, yeah. In anyways. But this is the 30s. Or, no, at this time, this is the 40s. So, now we're into 1940s. This is, like, 1944-ish. Um, and she goes on this Ish. huge spiel. I love the word spiel. It's my favorite word. Um, she goes on this huge spiel about Jerry being a boy and little boys don't do stuff like this. But she wanted a girl. I know. I you know how much research I did on YouTube and that's all the comment section was is I thought she wanted a daughter. Yeah. But anyways, um, she calls him a bunch of names. Y'all, he's five years old. She starts calling him like the F word. And do you know you know what I'm putting down? I know what you're putting down. I'm putting down. I'm, I'm not picking saying up what it you're putting Twitch. down. I'm not trying to get banned on Twitch and I'm really not trying to be that person on it. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But that's just not okay. That's not okay to call a grown person, but a five-year-old boy? Anyway. Uh, There's more questions about who you are as a person than anything else. Anyways, yada, 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 because we really, we hate Eileen. Okay? We're just, are we all in agreement here? Yes, we hate Eileen. She takes little Jerry. This is the part y'all's heart is going to break. And I promise I'm trying not to make y'all love the killer. I just wanted to... I wanted one episode where we could really see... Maybe if a child had gotten a little bit of love, maybe this stuff wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she takes little five-year-old Jerry into the backyard and makes him watch as she sets the hills on fire. What? This dude didn't have anything. He would go out and visit rusty, dusty, crusty junkyards to feel like he had something in life. And at a young age, the little, this little dude literally needed a therapist on speed dial. And I know I'm making a ton of jokes, and that's my personality. And I know that's how me and Crystal kind of, I don't know, it, it, it's my toxic trait. It's how I handle situations like this, and, but... This was really rough doing research for this because it was really sad to read how certain parents treat their children and then the outcome that happens because of that. Anyways, mm. but the big picture out of this is kids don't come out of the womb knowing certain gender-specific things. Um, None of us, I'll let y'all know, at five years old really know that much. And most of it is taught yes and to jerry they were just pretty shoes he didn't see them as just being for women and he didn't really it wasn't making him some type of way he and it wasn't till his mom said those aren't for boys they're for girls that jerry kind of got this in his head that okay now i can't like stuff like that because yeah. i'm a boy well that's how almost everything is like when you like a little boy is playing with a barbie doll somebody along the line tells them you shouldn't be playing with that or when mm-hmm. a girl's playing with dinosaurs wouldn't you rather be playing with a doll yeah and that's just kind of how it goes it's sad and i can relate to this a little bit and i'll give a little personal story um i was told that 
letting my youngest, Joey, Jojo, whatever he preferred to call my kiddo, grow his hair out, I was turning him gay. And I was told this by multiple random people that passes at the grocery store. Some people in real life, I'm not going to name names because... Anyways, um, <laughs> if you know, you know, you know, you know, and he loves his hair. Oh, I loved. Re- I, yeah, I recently cut loved. it. I recently cut it. Everybody's upset with me. Everyone's upset. But, um, Except for the people who thought she was making her son gay. Gay. Anyways, the moral of the story is I can't turn my son gay. First off, my son is three <laughs> years old. Um, even more moral of the story, hair doesn't make you gay. Um, Man, can you imagine if hair made you gay? Hair, there's so many people. So would that mean that we would be gay because our hair is shorter? All all women. Oh yeah, our hair is short, so we're gay. There are some men out there that think if a woman cuts their hair, that makes them a lesbian or something. Y'all, I ain't got time for these trifling people. Anyways, neither does a pair of shoes. Okay, do you see what? Do you see what I'm getting at? Um, Nothing makes you gay. It's not a virus. All right, y'all. It's not. I'm not gonna cough on you, and you gonna become gay. All right. You know what I'm talking about. I. Anyways, we're moving on. Um. He was a child, and like like Crystal said, she wanted a daughter so bad. Why was this so? You would think she'd be like, "Oh, this is my way of getting a daughter." Anyways, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. And for a few for a few years, so from the ages of five to seven, Jerry had a little bit of a peaceful time in his life. He had a very sweet uh, next door neighbor. She was a little bit older. Um, she had a she didn't have any kids of her own. She was kind of just like a nice lady that lived in the neighborhood, and she was always very sweet to Jerry. I kind of think she picked up from all my research. I think she kind of picked up on that his parents weren't very loving towards him and he was very lonely because he spent a lot of time outside by himself that is so sad so whenever he would walk by her house she wasn't not in a creepy way i don't know why people think this is creepy she would just kind (laughs) of talk to jerry and be nice to him and ask him how his day was and sometimes she would bring him cookies like a little plate of cookies um but unfortunately she had a lot of medical issues and she passed away so that really crushed him because that was kind of his one part in his life where he had a friend. He had a friend. He had like this mother. I'm air quoting for those of you that can't see me. She, he had a motherly figure that actually was being motherly to him. And then after she passed, um, another family moved to the street and he befriended this little girl. And kind of like after school, they would hang out and do stuff together. But just like the lady, she got sick and passed away as well. All within the same year. Oh my gosh, this poor this child. This Jerry, like, Jerry, I told y'all I really didn't want to make y'all feel so. I didn't want you to make you feel sorry about a killer, but you might for a little bit. And then it's quickly going to go away. Okay. It's not even going to be as a As long thought. as it goes away. As long it as goes, goes away. Um, but I wanted to include that because when he later talks with a psychiatrist, he says that was kind of one of the little things that made him start feeling the things that he felt. Okay, so it's like, yeah, he was able to kind of backtrack to like, this is when my life started going. Oh, he pinpoints exactly when he knows he wanted to start killing. 
Oh, that's healthy. Which that's is healthy. I mean, terrifying, but also at least he knows. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I said it's very healthy that at least he knows. But let's fast forward a couple of years. Um, by this time, Jerry is a teenager, and I'm sorry if it gets kind of confusing. I'm gonna kind of bounce around from him being a teenager back to being five years old, back to teenager. I'm sorry. That's just how my ADHD brain works, and that's how my notes are. So let's go on this journey together. Um, but he has, he really has a lot of bent up, like pent up frustration. Um, and his mother makes him do everything around the house. Oh, that's like the dishes, the trash, the mowing of the yard. Like oh, so she's gender rolling him as the caregiver. He's the caregiver. Which and, she, want, she wanted a girl anyway. And so. And he's the younger brother. He has, remember, he has an older brother, Larry. <laughs> And he never has to do the chores. He never has to do anything. He's allowed to go out on dates. He's allowed to go hang out um, with friends. I think they're like two or three years apart. So Jerry's just stuck at home and has to do basically all the chores and isn't allowed to leave the house. And his mom is just super cold to him. And it's almost like a male version of Cinderella. Oh, I, I immediately thought about that. Yeah, I don't. It, it, it popped in my head. Like, this isn't like a stepsister, stepmom thing. It's his actual mother and his brother, but they're both meanie weenies to him. Um, that's a PG way of what I really want to say. But um, he was never really taught any basic social interactions because, like I said, he wasn't allowed. His mom didn't let him really do anything. He was busy doing homework or chores. <laughs> Whatever list his mom gave him to. Handyman stuff because his dad was basically useless. Um, And I can somewhat relate to that. Not because I have terrible parents. Uh, My mom is actually going to listen to this episode. and She's probably listening right now. I have a great mom. I just want to specify that so don't get yelled (laughs) at. Um, That's why I said not because I have a terrible parent. But i was just really to myself a lot especially in high school i was just very like eh. i wonder if we would have been friends in high school i feel like me and crystal definitely would have been friends something probably would have had to have started to make it start because yeah it, would, it, it wouldn't have been like a we just randomly started talking it would have had to have been something huh i don't know yeah yeah but yeah i was very kind of like jerry but Please don't describe But not a killer? Not a killer. Um, But anyways. um, Socially awkward. Yes. But. Yeah. Jerry was literally never taught anything about sex or his body. Like his parents. His mom. I should say his mom. Because his dad basically was there but not there. His mom literally never told him anything about his body. Never told him about sex. He would have wet dreams if you guys know what i'm putting down here please don't make me go into detail if you don't know google (laughs) Google it it. um he would have wet dreams and he didn't know what they were and he would tell his mom and his mom would yell at him and beat him and have him change his bed but never explain to him this is what happened so he thought something was wrong with his body poor thing yes then we have another killer who thought the same thing i think so now oh it was um isei Oh, yeah, the dude that ate the bubble. Yeah, he was the same way. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, where was I in the notes? We're going through this, y'all. We keep bringing that first one up. I know. I mean, it is a taboo topic, and I mean, there are parents that are kind of 
I don't know. Me and my mom had those talks. Me and my mom had those me talks. My, I mean, not to the extreme because I would normally be like, ew, mom, please stop. Oh, no. Me and my mom would talk about it for hours and I would ask really ridiculous questions. And my mom would be like, how do you know about that? And I'm like, I don't know, but I want to know more. She's always called me a prude because yeah. she'll be like, well, yeah, let's talk about this. And I'm like, mom, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Anyways, but I mean, they just never really, I don't know. I That is sad that he really thought... He didn't understand his body. He didn't understand how he was feeling or why he was feeling that way. He didn't know why his body was doing that, even though it's literally something natural that he has no control over. I, why are you making me feel so bad for this kid? I know, but he was kind of just putting the pieces together of what he thought sex was and the feelings that he was having and uh, what his body was doing because he was in high school. He was hearing kids talk at school. He was hearing his brother and his friends talk. So he didn't completely know. He was just kind of putting... Guessing. He's putting a puzzle together, but the puzzle didn't have all the pieces. Yeah. Like, he was piecing context clues together, but he didn't really have the whole context. Yes. And he never had any luck with girls. He never had a girlfriend in high school. He never kissed a girl. He never did anything with a girl all through high school. I didn't either. And I only had one person. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways. Um... Be nice. Oh my god. <laughs> Sometimes I don't like him, so. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, JK, if you're listening. Um, anyways, Jerry started planning um, small ways. This is where it's going to get um, this is Hold where it's on. going to get creepy. And where you, all you had to say was small ways, and I know where this is yes, going. Yes, Jerry started planning small ways that finally he could get what he wanted. He what? wasn't sure what he wanted. But he knew it was... Well, of course he didn't know what he wanted. He didn't know what was happening. He didn't know. Even though he didn't know what it was. He just kind of was, like, winging it. And Jerry... (laughs) This is where... I don't mean to laugh. I'm so sorry. I know this is a serious topic. Um, It's a nervous chuckle. (laughs) But Jerry started out by stealing women's underwear. Oh, that's nice. Um... First, he would steal from his neighbor's house. Like, this is pretty ballsy. This is pretty bold of him. You just, like, sneak in and be like, let me have your underwear. Yeah. And family lived next to them, and they had an older daughter and then, like, a younger son or something. And he would wait for... He would steal her underwear. Like, he would sneak into his neighbor's house, steal her underwear while they weren't home. And then his other way of getting the underwear is down their street when women would put their laundry outside on the line. Because, remember, this is, like, early early 50s. I honestly forgot that that was a method of... Laundry, people, people don't do that I, that I loved it. My nanny used to do it all the time, especially with like sheets and blankets, yeah. and, and made them smell mm-hmm, so good. Mm-hmm. It did. My mom did it for a few years when I was young, so we still did it. But I don't. I was like, oh, clothes on the line. Wow. I love it. Um, but yeah, all I could, I don't know why, but when he, when I was doing my research and he was describing how, this is how he would get, he would literally wait for them to go back inside and then yank their underwear off the line. Um, all I could think of is Michael Myers, you know, in, uh, the Halloween movie where he's standing, like, behind the clothes, behind the sheet, it's just mm-hmm. outline of him. Picture Jerry Brudos, and <laughs> he just snatches his underwear and run. I don't know why I thought of Michael <laughs> Myers. I had to make it funny in some way. You guys know how I am. But, yeah, it, it, 
that wasn't enough though it satisfied his urges a little bit he wasn't even exactly sure what these urges were exactly but he knew taking the underwear was kind of making him feel a little happy it was making him feel a little warm and fuzzy inside that's so disturbing yeah um and in 1956 jerry decided he was just going to go for it oh that's nice yeah exactly he offered a girl a ride home from school um he did have a car which is totally awesome i mean i'm proud of him for talking to someone at least yeah this is he had to be very bold he had to very much break out of his comfort zone and he's like hey i'll give you a ride like you know just hop in i don't have anywhere to go i'll take you home and she was like okay nothing weird this is a nice gesture he seems like a nice person he's very quiet and shy and along the drive jerry keeps passing where she is supposed to get out he had like she had like been like okay here's my address and i need to go here and he he just keeps passing by it and along the drive you know he's kind of not really talking too much being nervous and it's making her nervous and he takes her to a back road because this is South Dakota. Set the scene a little bit, a little back. Oh, I forgot we were in South, South Dakota. South Dakota. Right now we are. That's why I said we were going to bounce around. And he goes down this little back road and um, he stops and pulls off on the side of the road. And he just kind of turns to her and looks and says, take your clothes off. Oh. <laughs> I don't... Okay. 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 Yes, sir. And, um... He doesn't... She doesn't really... I mean, she's young. They're teenagers. She's scared. So she takes her clothes off. And he just starts beating her. Punching her over and over and over again in the face. And... That's really weird. I don't know why Was he, Was he his beat by his mom? Was. A little bit. Not to the extreme. He was a little bit, like, um, when he would have the wet dreams, he, she would kind of, like, just, like, spank him and slap him across the face. Like, I'm just wondering if, like, he, what's the word, kind of put together being beat up, beat up with, like, sexual things. I don't know. But um, in a later interview, he says that during this uh, first attack, he thinks he was picturing his mother, and that's why he started beating her. Because he had wanted to try and have sex with her, but he didn't really know how to do it, which is really sad. That is actually very sad. Um, But he just started beating her, and thankfully, um, during this altercation, uh, another couple drives down the road, and they basically got the vibe of what was happening. Well, first off, she had blood on her face. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they got her out of the car and they took her to the police station and they reported it to the police because the girl was terrified. She couldn't even speak, so they kind of spoke for her. Oh, that's sad. Um, and this is when the police entered the home of the Brudos household mm-hmm. and they kind of realize something is not okay. Something is off. They find all the stolen underwear um, oh. all the pictures that he's been taking of his neighbors because oh. he's been sneaking and taking pictures of them. Um, and this isn't okay. No. And he was taken to a psychi- psychiatric hospital to be evaluated. And I should say, remember I said it was going to bounce around? Yeah. His family had, at this point, um, while he was in the psychiatric hospital, they moved to Oregon without him. Oh. 
cold. <laughs> yeah, they moved to Oregon. They moved to right outside of Portland, Oregon. <gasps> so they just said bye. Yes. So they moved to Oregon because apparently his dad got some kind of job, and then his mom also started working. So he does eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. But while he is at the at the psychiatric ward, his family is. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways. Oh, okay. His evaluation was basically crap, and I could talk about that a lot. Mental health and people that work in the field have progressed so much now in 2021, um, because there was still so much to learn immensely back in 1956. Yeah. Um, because if y'all didn't know, I did a little research on mental health while I was doing the research for Jerry Brudos. And basically, if you went to a mental psych ward, loony bin, I hate that term, but that's how it was described in my research. Yay for that. Um, if Basically, if you went to get evaluated, they said you had schizophrenia. Oh, okay. That was just a blanket term. It was a blanket term. If you had something wrong with you, schizophrenia. You had a headache, schizophrenia. Constant wanting to touch people, schizophrenia. <clears throat> you got it? I don't schizophrenia. know. Like, you know... Anyways. Seeing people? Schizophrenia. Schizophren- that is. I mean, that, that is, is schizophrenia. That <laughs> is. But, yeah, basically. And, um, yeah. Back in the 30s, 40s, and even late 50s, any sign of mental illness, you were diagnosed with schizophrenia. And Jerry's behavior is completely, completely, y'all, different than someone suffering from I mean, from he doesn't seem like he has schizophrenia. No. No. He really just suffered from an over-fetishized shape. I'm saying that terribly wrong. Fetis- Fetishized? Fetishization. 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 Fetish. I can't say it either. Fetishization. His multiple fetishes that he takes <laughs> to the extreme. That's God. I know somebody's going to harass me. It's okay. Anyways. Um, he loved women's belongings. He really, really loved panties. Lacy kind. And oh, okay. he loved high heels. Those were his thing. Those were his boo thing. Do you, do you, boo? Not the woman himself. Like, I don't want y'all to think that he's in love with the woman himself. He's not, he's not got a kink or fetish for women. He has stuff for women's clothing, lingerie, garments. Which is fine. We see that a lot. Me and yes. you both literally worked in the lingerie right. business, yes. and that is... You'd have your creeps, but you literally have men who just like we also, that. I also had a few customers that would come in, and they would literally just explain to me, I just like this. Can I buy this? I'm like, I, mean, I don't care what you buy. What color do you want? What color? How many? Anyways. They're on um, sale. Six for 38. He was actually at this psychiatric ward for a total of eight months. Oh, wow. Which is a ridiculous That movie. is ridiculous. He was there almost, I want to say, his entire junior year of high school. Um, and we're going to fast forward a little more, and Jerry is now out of the psychiatric ward. He graduated high school. His mom told him that she didn't think he would, but he did, which is also very, very mean. Um, and a few years later, uh, actually a few months after he graduated high school, he enters the army. Um, no judgment here, but why did they, like, willy-nilly 
uh, let this boy into the army after being in a psych ward for almost a that's, year. That's a great question. Just a few months ago. Like, sometimes the military just really doesn't care. I could talk on that a lot. I probably shouldn't, so we're going to carry on. <laughs> um, but after only being in the army a few months, so he goes through basic training, goes through his, I think they call it AI in the army, like mm-hmm. his extra training or whatever. Um... Jerry starts making up these really elaborate stories to his co-workers, his battle buddies, whatever, what have you will. Um, battle buddies? I've never heard this term. I like it. It's like if you're in the military and the people that you work with and you go on a deployment, um, they're your battle, the battle buddies. buddies. Okay, okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But anyways, the people he works with, he starts making up, and I say make up because it has to this day never been, tr- never been proven to be a true story. Um, he would tell them that this lady, this Korean lady, I don't know why he specified her Yeah, that was my next question. Why, ethnicity, why, why is she? But apparently a Korean Asian woman would sneak into his room at night every single night and try to have sex with him. No, he did not say yes. that. Yes. No, he did not he say that. He would basically come to work in the morning. And I will say he was an uh, electrician in the army. He worked on electrical things. I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. He just did electrician work in the army. So when he would come to work, he would be like, you guys, this lady, she, she's she been breaking into my room at night. She keeps trying to have sex with no. me. No. Yes. No. Straight up, grown man telling this to... Other grown men. Grown men. Um, so, some of the other guys just kind of got uncomfortable about it. They really No kidding. They didn't believe him um, because some of the stuff just didn't add up. And they were like, well, why don't you tell her to go uh, away? Or why don't you... Have sex with how, her. First off, they're like, how is she keep getting into your room? You have everything locked. And I don't know. It just didn't make sense. So, once again, Jerry is sent to be evaluated by the psychiatrist on base. And... It was like the research for this was this short because she went and saw him and she immediately, the first visit, was like, yeah, he needs to be out of the army. (laughs) And she immediately was like, he's making all of this up. He just likes to like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Inflate his... uh, Like a habitual... Liar? He was like a habitual liar, but about like, like fetish stuff, like fantasies. Like all of his lies were made up fantasies. I'm not judging people, but... Maybe I am judging. Maybe I just judge everyone. I don't know. I don't know. But after just eight months, eight months seems to be his trend here. He Mm -hmm. was in the psychiatric ward for eight months. And after just eight months in the Army, Jerry is discharged due to mental illness, obviously. And he was unfortunately forced to move back home to live with his parents in Oregon. This is when he goes to Oregon. Okay, so he gets to go to Oregon. So, yeah. The, pl- the last place he wants to go, after some time living at home, someone he worked with because he was doing, he, he carried that on, he kept doing electrical work, and someone he was working with was like, hey, I know this girl, I know you kind of seem like you're lonely, which is kind of sad for somebody to tell you <laughs> that. Hey, bud, I know you look like you don't got lots of ladies. Um, he sets him up with 17-year-old Darcy Metzler, and at this point, uh, Jerry's like 22, 23, so... That's not that bad. Not bad, but she was literally, like, still in high school. Like, basically. But Darcy was basically Barbie in Jerry's eyes. That's exactly as he described her. He said she looked like an actual Barbie doll. 
Um, oh, okay. And her parents literally hated Jerry. They despised him. They thought he was creepy. They thought he was weird. They thought he was way too old. I um, mean, I could see it. I yeah. could see it. But literally to Darcy, that made her like him even more because it was like, you know, typical rebelling teenager. Yeah, like your oh parent my, tells you not to like it. He's a bad boy, even though he's not. He's really nerdy. And, well, I mean, he was going to be yeah, a bad boy. <laughs> and he was actually falling in love with Darcy. He truly cared with her because he said in the beginning, like he does a big long interview when he's in prison. He said in the beginning he kind of wanted to start dating her and be mean to her and make her make her do everything for him. He wanted to dominate her and kind of, like, stick it to her like he wish he could stick it to his mom, which is really sad. Like, just stick it to your mom. Yeah. Tell her how you feel. But he said he started to really care about her, and he didn't want to treat her like that. He wanted, he wanted to, like, be a husband. He wanted to be a father. That's how he described it, which... Um, her parents didn't want and he was like i want to marry your daughter and they're like hell no <laughs> so they came up with this absolutely idiotic plan that they were going to get pregnant because if they that got, works yeah if they got pregnant her parents had to say they could get married so very very quickly like literally less than two months of knowing each other oh jerry and darcy get pregnant oh okay babies it was please never do this don't do that don't do this just wait or maybe take it as a sign that you shouldn't get married right now yeah Mm -hmm. um but in 1961 the couple married and had their daughter the very same year obviously (laughs) because that's why they wanted to get married um they moved to a cute little suburb in portland oregon I should clarify during some of this, like I had already said to Crystal, if you're just not catching up or you're kind of confused, we went from South Dakota, mm-hmm. Dakota, to Oregon. They so, were Dakota Knights. Dakota Knights? Is that what it is? I don't know. I was going to try out a new word. Oregonians. Oregonians? Oregonians. Anyways, they're in Portland, Oregon now. Nikki, where are you when you need you? Yeah, she literally lives there. Um, in the early years of their marriage, um, even when Darcy was pregnant with um, their daughter, Jerry would, and I'm not going to say her name, I don't mention their children at all because... That's a rule. We don't ever... Unless they are... Part of it. Part of the story. Me and Crystal have a rule. We don't ever discuss the killer's children. Um, but while Darcy is pregnant with their daughter, Jerry would have her clean the house completely naked and only wearing red high heels. I mean, okay, to be completely honest, if it was just the two of them, and even if the baby was, like, little teeny tiny, mm-hmm. I don't see nothing wrong with that. I think maybe he just really liked that. Mm-hmm. And if she was okay with it... At first, she was okay. Then I could I could be like... She was like, we're newly married, um, I love him, I want to make him happy, I'll clean the house naked in these heels. I'm sorry if you hear revelry in the background um it's nine o'clock hope you had a good day it's nine o'clock and that's letting everybody on base know go to bed go to sleep we're not though um and he would also walk around their home naked it was just their vibe like he liked to be nude again i get it that's your thing if it's your home dude if it's your own if it's your house you can do whatever the heck you want to do go for it anyways there's no reason you shouldn't 
at, at the point that Darcy started to become a little uncomfortable, their daughter was around the age of two. They were still walking around naked, uh, taking pictures. Jerry loved to take oh. pictures of Darcy cleaning uh, naked, and then their daughter was just fully clothed on the floor like, what's wrong with mommy and daddy? Um, that Darcy was kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I think there's a fine, fine, fine line between body acceptance and teaching your child about the human body Mm -hmm. and fetishizing it in public in front of your child. Mm -hmm. Like, like that is, like, it is normal for, like, people do encourage other people, like, yeah. Like, it is encouraged that, as a child, you should see your parents' nude body. Yeah. Especially of the same of the same gender. It's never been weird for me. And it's never been weird for me either. Mm-mm. But, like, if someone is fetishizing It's the picture-taking. It's yeah. the picture-taking that makes it weird. And the posing. He would have her pose in certain positions. While your two-year-old is, like, I don't know, in the background playing with Elmo or whatever. Um, that, but, that's just a little weird. But yeah, finally Darcy is like, it's enough. Our daughter's getting older. I'm getting a little uncomfortable with it. I'm tired of being naked for one. She said it was just, she wanted clothes, which is okay. Yeah, same. And she was like, the constant heel wearing was causing her medical issues. It was actually making her back have issues in her knees because oh because she's on her feet all yeah, her day body was hurting. she was forced to wear them for like basically three years during her pregnancy and then their daughters too god so can you imagine being years. nine months pregnant and having yeah, to be naked nine with months heels? pregnant walking around anyways no thank you this is kind of the second point he said that he realized he was going to start killing this right here. Yes. In his interview. How? He said his wife, because his he felt like his wife didn't want him anymore. What? No no wonder. I, because I her know. feet hurt. But, yeah. She, she, Jerry blamed it all on Darcy. She was the reason he was a freak. And she didn't say that there was anything wrong with what he wanted. She just said she personally didn't want to do it anymore. Well, I can imagine that that's that's normal and she didn't love him and she, he was totally gaslighting y'all he was gaslighting the heck out of her putting all his problems on poor darcy somehow amongst you know all this drama the constant gaslighting darcy is just unhappy she is like this is not what marriage is supposed to be like i'm not supposed to feel bad because i don't want to do something for my husband and you should never ladies or men okay have your boys Mm-hmm. Um, amongst all this, Darcy gives birth to their second child, and this time it's a little boy. Oh. I bet Jerry's mom would be happy. I was just about to say. Two of each grandchild, just like she wanted her children. Um, but basically after the birth, Darcy made it clear she was kind of done with Jerry. They could stay married and continue to live together for the kids, which I think is the dumbest thing. Oh, I think but it. if it works for you, it works for you. Um, but she was not going to sleep with him anymore. She was not going to wear the high heels. She was not going to do all the other things. Um, because he would also like her to like take photos in different underwear. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, we're just done. Um... Okay, so this is a weird, another weird event that they said could also be in connection with Jerry Brutus becoming a killer. Like I said, he was an electrician. He 
worked at several different radio stations um, and just did like electrical work for them. And he touched a live wire and it completely shocked him and he actually almost died. He actually died on the way to the hospital. And they say it shocked something in his frontal lobe that has to do with aggression. And that's where the story and starts. this is when they think pinpointed the killing. He may or may not have been a killer. Like, he, like it's one thing to have those thoughts. It's like, it's like when people, when you talk about thoughts. suicide, like it's normal for you to, it's not normal, but it is more normal think for people to think thoughts. about killing yourself. But when you make a plan to kill yourself, that's when you need to be really, really but worried. Several doctors actually have studied, tried to study this and say that it may have shocked that aggressive, like frontal lobe piece. We mm-hmm. all have it. They, there's also supposedly a killer gene in all of us. Um, heavy air quotes because there's not a lot of scientific there is some but anyways anyways it kind of ramped his desire to stalk women and may have led him to the murders and yeah it's a lot to process um on january 26 1968 a sweet innocent linda slauson um, that's a hard last name. It's I'm so Slauson. proud of you for saying it. Knocked on the door of the Brutus home to sell an encyclopedia. Remember, oh, there were all kinds of jobs back I in the 50s and 60s. I hadn't thought about my encyclopedia set in a long time. You could sell vacuum cleaners. You could sell Tupperware. You could sell encyclopedias. Well, uh, I loved. I I was the weird kid who would pick up the encyclopedia and just like read it. And I just want to apologize. This episode's going to be long because we are, I think, on page 6 of 12. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyways. If this accidentally gets made into two parts. Sorry. Yeah. And Jerry could care less. She's going through her little spiel about encyclopedia. He he was just focused on her. He was like, she's beautiful. She probably has really nice underwear. That's probably what was going through his mind. I'm not trying to be funny. That's probably what was going through his brain. He was mesmerized by her, and she was perfect for his collection. Air quoting again, because this is how he described female bodies. Collections. Um, That's gross. Makes your skin crawl. That's gross. Yes. He lied and said he would like to know more so he could purchase one. He invited her in and told her to follow him down to the basement. No, ma'am. Absolutely not. No, ma'am. Why? Why no, ma'am. No. We're not victim blaming, but I'm kind of am. No. Anyways. Her mama didn't teach her anything. There is no instance, but, I mean, it's, no. All right, anyways. But Linda goes. She goes. And she's just trying to do her job. She's trying to sell these encyclopedias, and she followed him down to the basement. And she kind of sat down in a chair that was down in the basement. And when she turned her back to him, um, Jerry hit her over the back of the head with a piece of plywood. Like a very piece of heavy wood. No, he did not. And knocked her out unconscious. What? Was it just like laying down there? I he just picked it up and know. said, opportunity um, taken. Knocking her out, though, didn't, didn't, I don't know. It wasn't enough for his urges. And he just decided to put his hands around her neck and squeeze so harder that later in his interview um, with in prison, he said that he could actually hear bones cracking when he Wait. was strangling her. I don't know how, but 
Okay. I'm just trying to figure out how that how that works, but Maybe her neck, like her vertebrae. Yeah. That's the only thing I think of. Because this is all like, you know, you're. Well, there's cartilage. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyways, he's trying to very stuff. quietly open up a Snickers wrapper. Snickers Snickers We're just gonna let everybody know. Okay. Normally, when we're recording, we're snacking on candy. Um, but. Anyways, during all this, his mother was actually upstairs spending time with his children. She was visiting the grandkids. So, oh. he literally strangled Linda while his mom and his two children were upstairs in the living room. Oh, wait. Wait. All this happened because his mom was in town and his mom was in their house and he was getting angry. I didn't think of that, but that that's a good way to look at it. And he was so angry at his mom. And Darcy's not sleeping with him anymore. Yeah. And he had all this bent up, like, yep. frustration and be. anger. And he sees this one girl who it looks perfect. Be. He just takes it out. Yeah, it could be. That's a good... I didn't even think about that. Um, he would eventually go upstairs, because, like I said, his mom and his kids are up there. And he's like, hey, here's some money. Why don't you, you and the kids go out and get something for dinner and just bring me back something? You know? And they're probably like, okay, yeah, we'll go pick something up and eat. And he would... Go back downstairs, and um, he wanted to kind of spend his time with Linda, which no, is really good. No, this is going where I think it's going. And he undressed her and pulled out his collection of panties. Remember the stolen? He has more. He has more stolen panties. He stole more. Remember when he was a teenager? The police came. Does he wear these, or does he just like? Oh, we'll get there. Oh, but God. what you're thinking, probably yes. <laughs> yes, I'm not yes. ready. He would place all these stolen underwear on Linda's lifeless body, because remember, she's dead. He strangled her, and he would take pictures. Um, he was... Of her lifeless body? Yes, of her lifeless body. And for the first time, fully satisfied. He said this was the first time his urges were fully satisfied, taking these pictures of Linda's dead body and random underwear that he had stolen. So, yes. He was for the first... This is the moment where he came to terms that he was a necrophiliac. Yeah, it's going where you were thinking. He's a necrophiliac. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. He's a necrophiliac. No. And if you don't know what a necrophiliac, Google uh, it. Google it. No, absolutely not. not. Yeah, we're going to talk about it more. Um, he, couldn't okay, keep her, he couldn't keep her body, though. Think about it, though. What happens to a body after you die? It stinks. It terrible y'all my husband has tried to describe the smell to me because of his line of work being a firefighter and i just don't ever want to know but yeah anyways remember his ultimate fantasy i haven't i'm i bypassed this in my notes because i feel like i was taking too long when jerry was a teenager he said his ultimate fantasy this is another reason he they put him in the psych ward he said his ultimate fantasy was to have a giant walk-in freezer that he could store women's bodies so he could pull one out and put the underwear on and then put the body back in without it decaying or smelling or going bad. That was his, that was his ultimate fantasy, to have just a meat locker on women's bodies. Yeah. So... Oh, Lord. So, after he does all of this with Linda Slauson's body, he wanted a trophy. And I really hate that term, but that's what he called them, was trophies. And, you know, he decided to chop off one of her foot. <laughs> he wanted a foot. 
because remember oh he got a foot fetish he loves feet he loves high heels he wanted a foot that he could keep to all these shoes that he has all these shoes that he collects he could just take linda's foot out and like stick it in the shoe and stick it in the shoe oh my god so he chops off her foot i think he chops off her her left foot all i have to wonder is if this man lived in 2021 with, like, OnlyFans, and you could, like, take pictures of your feet and send it to people if he would have ever been a killer. I don't know. Somebody in the comment of a YouTube video I watched said, why wasn't he a shoe salesman? And that's a That is a fantastic thing. question. He could have just, just touched to their on. feet. Yeah. He probably would have went too far and, like, no, I'm just going to shut up. Okay, moving on. Almost a year later, in November, a young... Jan Whitney was on her way home to visit family for Thanksgiving. It was, she was traveling home from college, and she actually had two friends with her in the car. Mm-hmm. And this story is going to be really crazy, the way this happens. Her car breaks down, and she's forced to pull over on the side of the road. And this is literally, like, a girl's worst nightmare. Is, you know, like, on a road trip, and your car breaks And there's two down other and, girls in the car. And there's there? two dudes. There's oh, two, two dudes. two boys from school that they were going to the same town. They were going to the town that... Jerry lives in, um, to visit people on their school break. And Jerry makes this, like, he stops to help them. And he makes up this elaborate story that he will help Jan with her car. And he'll just drop these boys off where they need to go. So he drops the boys off. And he's just got Jan by himself. And he... (laughs) What kind like, of boys are these that think that's okay? After they felt very bad. They did an interview I hope that they, they did. felt very bad, but they I said that Jerry was very did. trusting. I hope they did feel so bad. So after they dropped the boys off, Jerry's like, Jan, I just need to go pick up this car part, and we'll go pick it up, and then I'll fix your car, and then I'll, you know, you'll be on your way, and you can go see your family. And, you know... That's so many red flags. So many red flags. So they pull up to his garage, and he makes up this story, yada, yada, yada. He needs to get something from his house. But then, you know, he climbs in the back seat. And he's or like... Of his car? Yeah, of his car. He climbs in the back seat, and he's like, let's play a game. You know? No, this ain't Saul. Yeah. You aren't... Yeah. And basically let's play a game he like they're not playing a game it doesn't even get to that point. oh no um he kind of, he strangles jan with a letter a leather strap that he had like sitting in the back of his car just strangles her and then he drags her into his garage where he rapes her lifeless body this man is a fantastic human being and this is the first time that he's basically done this because the other that with linda he basically just dressed her body up but he didn't actually like no. sexually jan, have jan the first one yes jan's first one and once again just like linda he dresses jane's lifeless body in his collection taking pictures he performs several sexual acts on her body which is that's gross anyways he hangs her body from the ceiling in the garage. He, like, made this, like, makeshift pulley system so that he could, like, basically hoist it up without having to, like, use all his strength because he wasn't the strongest. So he hangs up her body. And, like, my question is how how did nobody in his family know this was going on? 
I'm just Probably like, because no one wanted anything to do with him because he was weird. So they were already distancing themselves. So he hangs Jan's dead body up in the garage. Him and his family leave and go visit his his parents for Thanksgiving. No. Yes. Yeah. Her body's just left hanging in the garage. It's amazing what people can get away with. And a week later, they return home. I don't know how her body didn't smell no. bad. It's we didn't have bad. We didn't have Bath and Body Works. It is up back north then. though, so it was colder. So maybe I don't know. Anyways, there aren't enough candles in the world to mask a de- decaying human body. So he knew he needed to get rid of Linda's body or uh, Jan's body, just like he did Linda's. Um, but he was like, I gotta get my trophy first. So. He already had a foot, and he was like, "What's she gonna get now?" I'm gonna cut off one of her boobs. No. So this is not the Gainesville Ripper, Danny yes. Rollins, all over. He again. cut off Jan's, I think, left breast, and he tried to put it in resin, but that didn't really work. So then he did like this weird taxidermy thing and kind of preserved her boob. What? And they actually said that he used it as a paperweight. Yeah. I wish y'all could see my face. Yeah. Anyways. Well, some of y'all can. Twitch can. Still. So, that was in November of 1969. um, And there was, or no, that was 1970. So, there was almost a year in between the death of Linda Slauson and Jan Whitney. And Jerry's urges got stronger. That wasn't enough. He wasn't going to be able to wait a full year like he had. He couldn't wait that long. So four months later, in March of 1969, I said the wrong year, um, Jerry saw this young college student, Carrie Sprinkler, alone in a parking garage. Ooh, she has a cute name, though. Yes. Nowhere is safe, ladies. I mean, know your surroundings. Be paranoid, because sometimes being paranoid will save your life. You're like, I think somebody's watching me. You might look around. Men will never know what it's like to have to be a paranoid paranoid woman. You just don't. I'm sorry. And that's not a gender debate. That's just no. a fact. We like men. We love men. But yeah. let me tell y'all, it ain't It ain't. Anyways, he's, as she's walking through the parking garage, he snatches her up and basically throws her into his car, which is terrifying. And the sad thing is she was on her way to meet her mom for lunch right below the parking garage. 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 This is the second time I've thought about your crazy British neighbors. Yes, I used to to have a crazy British neighbor, and she was not very nice. Yeah. Anyways. Garage. Anyways, how freaking sad she was on her way, literally, to meet her mom for lunch. That's really freaking sad. And Karen's case was a little more publicized. I don't mean to make this like a, I don't know, kind of thing, but... Her family was really wealthy. Her family was really rich. Oh, they got the money money. So, her missing persons report just got a little bit more TV time than Linda's. I'm just putting it out there. Basically, more than anybody that I'm about to talk about. That makes Um, sense. I mean, that's kind of how it happens. Even today. Um, But they had the entire city of Salem, because this happened in Salem, Oregon, a few towns over from Portland. Um, basically searching for Karen. We know where Karen was. Karen mm-hmm. was at the parking garage. They needed that. Garage. Um, Karen was, though, a different type of victim for Jerry. This time, when they get back to the garage, he keeps her alive for a few hours. Oh, so he's trying something new. He's trying something new. Making her try on everything. It, it was different. He didn't want a, a lifeless body that he had to dress. He mm-hmm. had her 
dress herself. So I wonder why. That's the only reason I could think of is he didn't want to do all the work himself. He was lazy. It wasn't enough though. It wasn't like curving, you know, his appetite. He used the same system he had hung Jan up with to slowly lift Karen off the ground. She's still alive at this point, guys. Um, I, in, he's basically got a noose around her neck and he's slowly hanging her. Excuse me, sir. And I don't know if y'all realize or if a lot of people realize if you hang yourself, unless you snap your neck right when you jump, and we know she's not jumping, she's being pulled up, it can actually take you a while oh, to die. Because you're basically strangling yourself. You're strangling yourself. yourself. Yeah. So suffocation by hanging can take a while, oh. and it can be very painful. So she wasn't dying fast enough for him, basically. So he leaves the garage and comes back when he thinks she'll be dead. So he basically leaves the garage, goes and has dinner with his family, but, maybe watches some TV, and then when he's like, she should be dead by now, he goes back into the garage. Yeah, that's a great person. Was she dead when he came back? Yes. Yes. So she had to... She had to just strangle She had to die alone. Yeah. And yet again, he carries on with his necrophilia fantasy, you know, doing several that part. different things to her dead body. Um... <sighs> And, you know, the insane part is, like I said, his family was home during all of this. Like, literally all of this. Like, they're just upstairs laughing, watching TV, and he's He's downstairs. He's in the garage. How did he not get caught? It baffles me. I mean, anyways. And this time, his trophy was he cut off both of Karen's breasts. I'm not sure why he cut off one of Jan's breasts. Are we going to make more paper rates? Is he just sending them to people? Anyways, and he disposed of her body in a nearby river, just like um, Jan and Linda's. This man is a fantastic human being. At this point, no tips had come in regarding any of the girls. It was almost like they had just vanished. That is until Karen went missing. Like I said, her parents were wealthy. She was like, her picture was constantly on the news. They went and interviewed almost everybody around that area. And a few kids that had been at the same parking garage um, reported to the police seeing a strange old woman. But when they got a good look at her... um, they realized that it was basically a man in a woman's dress and high heels. Oh, so he was cross-dressing yes. or whatever. Can you guess who this mystery lady was? The kids kind of just, like, they got a vibe it wasn't a woman. I don't know how they got a vibe that it wasn't a woman, but they got that vibe, and that's what they told the police. It wasn't helpful, though, because they still didn't know who this mystery man-woman was. So it kind of went dead on that tip. And about a month later, these attacks are progressing fast. Remember, he went a year, then he went eight months. Now it's a month. And this time, his victim is much different than the others. She's a little older and a mother of two small children. It was 24-year-old Sharon Wood. And she was actually in another parking garage, headed to have a meeting because she was actually going through a divorce. And her husband was going to sit down with, like, a mediator to discuss everything. These poor women. Anyways, and she was exiting the parking garage, and Jerry just really loves parking garage, I guess. Yes, he does. He just likes to sit in them. It's an easy place to snatch somebody up, so I don't know. Sharon kind of felt this uneasy feeling like someone was watching her and following her. Remember I said follow this paranoid vibes? And 
Jerry snuck up behind her and proceeded to say he had a gun and she needed to come with him and get in his car. Did he really have a gun? No. He okay. didn't have a gun. Sharon is spicy though and tough and she was like, heck no, I'm not going with you, weird creepy man. And she starts screaming at the top of her lung, help, 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 like all this crazy stuff. Just, yes, absolutely. I mean, should. look, everybody has always told me growing up, just just go, just be quiet, go, go with them and no. obey. Look, because look, one of two things happen. Either they're going to kill you right then and there. there or where they take you. Or they're going to kill you where you take you. So Anyways. you just take chances and start screaming. Jerry had never had a victim do this before. They always just come with him or do what he wants. So he starts panicking. And Jerry places his hand over Sherry's, Sharon's mouth mm-hmm. to keep her quiet. This is where he messed up. He done messed up. All right. Sharon sinks her teeth. You know this meaty part right in mm. between your thumb and your index finger? She bites Jerry's hand and she basically turns into a pit bull and doesn't let go. Mm. And she just is like, you ain't, if you taking me, if you kidnapping me, you going to be seriously injured. So, somehow, she lets go, her mouth lets go, and Jerry is just like bleeding from the hand. Probably incredibly painful, too. Yeah. And Sharon was like, you know, test me now. And, well, this is where Jerry runs around, runs away like a little scared puppy with his tail between his legs. Mm. And... Unfortunately, Sharon really couldn't give a good description to the police because she did report this to the police, as you should, um, because he had grabbed her from behind and put mm-hmm. his hand, like, from behind. And even when he when he ran away, she couldn't really give a de- She just saw, like, a stocky man with red hair. That's really all she could give to them. And Sharon was the first victim that basically got away and made him feel like nothing. His self-esteem was gone. He was like, wow, I can't keep doing this. I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, I'm a bad killer. What? Who says that? I'm like, such a bad, bad killer. killer. I do such, do such Anyways, a bad job. That he had no control over a woman. Like, his own wife won't sleep with him anymore. I wonder why. And the next day, he went out on a hunt to find a victim he could easily overpower. He basically already had in his mind that he needed to find a teenager. That's really creepy. Because that's... Yeah, that's great. I don't know. Great, sir. Great, Or sir. someone that looks smaller. Okay. Really lets you know how pathetic these killers are because that's Yeah, really they're just pathetic. basically bullies. And on April 22nd, 1969, Jerry saw 15-year-old Glory Smith walking near some railroad tracks in downtown Salem. Um, and Jerry is so dang creepy, y'all. He is so dang creepy. He is literally just like hunched over in an area that he thinks Glory's going to walk by the railroad tracks and he's crouched down and he waited for Glory to walk by so he could snatch her up and it was a lame attempt super lame because when Gloria sees this creepy man hunched over in the corner by the railroad track she just runs away she literally just ran away well, I just don't understand what he was trying to accomplish during this like his self esteem really must have been he's really so low. pathetic now I feel bad for him in a totally different way. He couldn't way. chase after her, so he basically just went home. Anyways, Jerry is so sloppy. pathetic. He's sloppy. He's getting sloppier. He's let two victims get away. and he In does, a row. Yeah. Anyways, and that's two days in a row. Yeah, and so for a third day, because he's doing so great the past two days, he um, goes out again. And at this point, he was either 
taken over so much by his urges or just wanted to get caught. That's my... I mean, I would think he'd probably be, at this point in time, just so frustrated, frustrated. that he would just do whatever, they like, want, yeah. like... Anyways, on April 23rd, 1969, he spotted 22-year-old Linda Saley shopping at the local mall. Um, this dude loved malls and parking garages. I mean, anyways, this time, however, he was successful at overpowering Linda and taking her back to his garage. He just waited for her to get, like, by his car and just snatched her in. Mm-hmm. And he did exactly the same to her as he did over, you know, the, all the other ladies. Um, please don't make me say it again because it's very disgusting and sad. But the same thing he did to the other women, he did the same thing to Linda. This is the second na- victim with the name Linda. Which is very random. Um, this time, though, he didn't like Linda's body. Uh, it kind of turned him off. He described her boobs as being too pink. I don't even know. Too pink? He said her body was too pink. I don't know how to respond to that. I I don't know. I don't know. He did, he did do something different to Linda's body to make up for her breasts because he's not going to get to take a trophy because he just didn't like her body. It, I don't know. It didn't float his boat. He was curious if he could use electricity to make her body do things. And if you aren't familiar with galvani- galvanism, y'all did some science research. What? what? Galvanism is from the 18th century. It's basically when you perform an experiment using electrical currents or electrical chemicals to try and make muscles and such move after death. I did um, not know that's what that was called. Yes. I they, learned something new today. They normally did this with frogs. Like, they would have, like, the lower body of the frog, and they would put the electrical current in the frog leg, and the frog leg would move. That would creep me out. Yeah. And that is galvanism. So, there's your science lesson for the day, y'all. So, that's what he wanted to do to Linda's body. He wanted to see if something would move, but Linda's body didn't do that. The human body basically doesn't do that after death. Basically, the only thing that happened is he put these electrical wads and rods, oh, my lord, and all it did was burn her skin. It didn't make her move. So he just got frustrated and, like, really upset. He didn't have a trophy. Her body didn't do. It was too pink. Hmm. I don't even know what that means. I don't means. know what that means, too pink. And like all the other victims, he disposes her body in the river, tying this weird electrical wire around her and putting a car part to it so it basically sinks to the bottom of the river. And a few weeks later, a huge break in the case happens. All they had at this point was the weird man dressed like a woman in the parking garage where these women had gone missing. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, they were just missing. They didn't know they were dead. A fisherman found the body of Linda Saley, which is the last one, Mm -hmm. in the Long Tom River. And after further investigation, they would also find the body of Karen Sprinkler. Now, the police really needed to find the this serial killer because at this point they were kind of convinced it was the same person and they were probably thinking all these other missing women were dead as well. They just hadn't found their bodies. Um, and both bodies were tied identical with the same wire, like I was saying. And what does Jerry do for a living? He's, He's an, an electrician. electrician. I'm sorry. You would think if you, I don't know. Never so, mind. I'm just keeping my mouth shut. They knew a lot of these women going missing were college students, so they went to the local community college, the university there in town, and were kind of asking around. And a few girls told police there was this air quote Vietnam vet 
that like to call the dorms randomly and just like strike up a conversation with them. Totally weird. That's creepy. Um, he's not a Vietnam. I mean, he literally was kicked out for making up this. He was there for like four days. Anyways. Anyways, the police immediately started plotting a plan to set up this creepy man bothering young college students, especially since they've just found two dead bodies in the river. And they told them that if any of the girls got another call from this man to basically let them know and kind of stall so they could come and try and catch him. And one of the girls got a call from Jerry and was asked on a date, you know. He was like, hey, would you like to go out on a date with me? This young college student, just randomly, that he didn't even know. And this was perfect. They basically had their opportunity to strike. The girl was smart. She kind of kept talking to Jerry on the phone. She's like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, but I can't come to you. I need you to come pick, pick me, me up. up, which is really freaking smart. That is really smart part. for her. Um, and so she calls the police and he was like, hey, Jerry, this, she doesn't know his name's Jerry, but Jerry's come to pick me up in a few minutes. Can you guys come over here and kind of, you know, do your thing? And the police hurry over. And once Jerry arrived, they kind of cornered him and started asking questions. And I'm pretty sure Jerry was, like, freaking out. Like, this was the first time that maybe the police might be on to him. And he kind of gave them half the truth and kind of half a lie. He gave his real name and all the other stuff, what he does for a living. But he lied while he was there. He said that he was there to help with gardening around the university. Wait, 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 wait. Why would an electrician need to help with gardening? gardening. I don't Look, know. this man is not That he not had a friend that worked at the campus and he was helping them do some garden work. Anyways, they let him go because I couldn't, like, arrest him there. But once they got back to the police station, they ran his name and, like, all that stuff from him being a teenager. And, and a creep. And a creep. And getting kicked out of the army popped up. And they're like, yeah, this is probably our dude. Like, they really wanted to. And they, they're like, we're going to stake out his home. Mm-hmm. We're just going to kind of post up outside his home because they can't get a, a warrant, really, to go search it yet. And on May 30th, 1969, during the stake out, the, the officers noticed Jerry was doing something strange. He was loading his family car with suitcases. And so he was making a run for it. He was making a run for it. And then, like, a few, a few moments later, his wife, Darcy, and his kids get in the car. And they drive off. That's okay. totally not. The, the cops just literally asked you what you were doing at the campus. Like, why would you be running and leaving your home? Why would y'all randomly be going on vacation after Anyways, just helping your friend? Um, the family actually almost made it to the Canadian border before the police found them. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not sure why those officers didn't just follow them. Like, the ones that were staking out yeah, his house. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm sure it probably has something to do with something that I don't know because I'm not a police officer. But, you know, they did end up finding him. And when they, like, when the officer went to walk up to the car, Darcy was in the driver's seat. And that's odd because they saw Jerry get in the driver's seat when he left their home. And Jerry was nowhere to be found. He wasn't in the passenger seat. He wasn't in the back seat. Their kids were in the back seat. And get this. Okay. Big, lumpy, humpy, dumpy Jerry was huddled in the back seat under a blanket, like under his kid's feet. (laughs) So the officer just shines a light, and he's like, what's that? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Jerry. 
Obviously, they arrested him, y'all. This like, man is a genius. There's... I don't know. Like, he really thought that was going to work. Yeah, I think he did. Anyways, um, even more juicy detail, and this is not me making fun of anybody that does this, and please don't think I am. When they, you know, when they take you in and they book you and they do a strip search and make sure you're uh-huh. not like, bringing anything in, um, Jerry was wearing ladies' underwear. Okay. And they think that it might have been one of the pairs of, from the victims. Okay. They weren't great. sure, but they just, again, they as we said, me and Bethany have worked with that stuff long enough mm-hmm. that we get it. Mm-hmm. I, I so, totally understand. So but. Jerry is freaking out. He gets his one phone call. You know, you get your one phone call, and he calls Darcy immediately. And he was like, you need to go and get my stash, and you need to burn everything. Wait, 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 wait. And that's his exact words. That's his exact Did words. she know about everything he was doing? Okay, I have, that's, yes. How does she know what he's talking about? He gives very little detail, because obviously they record these phone calls, y'all. Uh-huh. They keep the recording for court purposes, for the trial and everything. Um, yeah. Like, did she know? Was she helping him? Like, I don't know. And after just, like, literally four hours of interrogation, Jerry confesses to everything. They didn't even really have to pressure him that much. He basically broke down and was like, I, yeah, I did all this. And Darcy actually did end up burning some of it, but when they went to the home to seize everything, like, basically everything was there. Pictures of the dead bodies. What did she burn? We'll get there. And it's a theory, but it still has not been proven. I have so many questions for Darcy. And we're almost done, guys. I promise. I, this is a long one. Um, but during his trial, something confusing happens, and I'm still confused over it. And, y'all, I did so much research for this episode. It just does not make sense to me. It still doesn't make sense. And this happened back in the 60s. It's 2021. He pleads guilty to all the murders except his very first victim, Linda Slauson. Why? Why? I don't. Like, you're already, like, he was already convicted to life for, like, four consecutive murders and all the other stuff, like the necrophilia and the burning of evidence and all the other stuff. Like, why not just admit? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. He would eventually, like, later on, like, closer to his deathbed, and we'll get there, confess that he did murder. Spoiler, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Also, yeah. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Um, anyways, he would later confess that he did murder Linda Slauson, I guess, for her family's peace of mind. But the, her body was the only one they never found in the river. I don't know why. They searched the entire river. I don't know why. I, but they never found it. So maybe that's why he didn't want to confess to it. But anyways, um, and Darcy and her children were actually entered into some sort of witness protection program. It's not exactly, like, the witness protection program, but they were given new identities and mm-hmm. all of that. And there's no info on them at all. I tried to. Um, but, yeah, they tried to do a separate trial for Darcy, but she was never convicted. They just didn't have much evidence. Um, Rather than the fact that she burned stuff? That's it. But they said that wasn't enough to convict her. I don't but, know. I mean, if she knew exactly what to burn. I don't know. And they actually, that last phone call 
was the last time Darcy and Jerry ever spoke to each other and that car ride was the last time that he ever saw his children because they never visited him they got those new identities and they moved on with their lives wow okay but yeah he did serve some of his time because like I let slip he passed away in 2006 from liver cancer um but yeah he served some of his time i wish there was a happier ending to this story i mean the families did get you know that confession and their bodies were found and they were able to do like burials and stuff but this is the the reason i think that the families didn't really get the justice they deserve is when he went to prison it was really weird in my research the warden loved jerry the uh uh, what do you call them? Guards. The guards loved Jerry. They raved about him. Since he had done so much electrical work, he actually did electrical work for the prison. And he saved the prison money. They loved no, him. No, he... Yes. And the guards would, like, they would... After he would help them and get stuff done, they would slip him, like, nudie mags. <laughs> the man is in prison for life for killing women, and you're giving him nudie mags? Do you not have a mom? Do you not have a wife? Do you not have a... I don't know. That's a different story for a different day. Like, that really ticked me off. That's like, weird, man. Anyways, he basically died happily in prison, getting whatever he freaking wanted. Sounds like dying it. Dying in the hospital, the... What do you call it? Infirmary from cancer. Well, at least he died of cancer. I guess. It was painful. Anyways, that's all I have. I feel like we're going to wrap this up really fast. Cause this you are very angsty right now. Anyways, that, I don't know. When I did, you should have seen my face when I finished my research for this and I wrote that part in it. And I was like, it basically is a happy ending for him. I mean, he died from cancer, but like he got whatever he wanted when he, he was in prison. He has liver cancer, so I mean, he's probably, if hell exists, he's in Somewhere. hell with multiple hangnails and ingrown toenails i agree but yeah thank you guys if you have hung in this long you have listened to an hour and 32 minutes of me ramble about some dude named jerry (laughs) um we really really appreciate you guys we hope you guys have a great week if you're shopping while you're listening to us right now if you're at work on your lunch break or doing whatever i appreciate it if you're using true crime to disassociate then you just happen to land on this episode we appreciate it and thank you guys so much and we will see you next week bye